You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I'm really excited, a little nervous, but really excited, um, especially coming out of the fast to be able to speak um, tonight. I have heard this song, I don't even know how many times, like a bunch, and over the fast, um, I heard it again, and it just really, really, you know, like you hear something, you're like, oh, I've heard that before, but then it just really just, it just hits right. Um, And the song, it's not a new song or anything. It's by Maverick City and Make My Heart Your Home, but the beginning part of it is temples built with hands, laid with precious stones, but all along you wanted to make us your treasured home. Mansions made of men can touch the sky from earth, but still your house of choice is broken vessels made of dirt. So make my heart your home. And the title of my message is, um, Where is Your Heart? And it's not a question on anatomy, but um, so the lyrics of Make My Heart Your Home, it just, it just really sat with me. And I was like, because I immediately started to think of my home and I started to think of, well, what makes, what makes my home home? You know, they always say like home is where the heart is. But um, I started thinking, I'm like, well, my house is comfortable to me. That's, it's really, really comfortable. That's what makes my home my home. So I started to think, well, if make my heart your home, hmm, started to think, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you working on? So if y'all notice, we have a chair up here because I teach children's church and I love props. So um, Jess, if you'll come up here. and I, ha- I asked her before because I was hoping that she wouldn't be like, no, like, <laughs> okay. Is that chair comfortable? It is? It's pretty comfortable. Are you comfortable right now? Absolutely not, right? Absolutely not. Okay, so if I was to take this fancy chair, I think it's courtesy of Jack's office. Thank you, Jack. Um, if I was to take this nice, comfortable chair and put it back where you were sitting, would you be comfortable? You wouldn't be because it's already okay. Okay, if the camera wasn't like okay, you would be comfortable if that chair was in a different position, different placement. Okay, that's it. You can go back to your seat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I immediately started to think position and placement matters in comfort, and I began thinking. The things that are comfortable to me are only satisfying to my flesh, like in the summer, I want my house cold, in the heat, in the winter, I want my house warm. Those are only things that I started thinking in my, house, in my head of like what makes my house comfortable to me. Um, and so I started to think, well, what would make the Holy Spirit comfortable? What, what would make my heart his home, if we can all agree that home is comfort? Righteousness, not self-righteousness, but his righteousness. And the positioning of my heart matters. The positioning of my heart turned to Jesus, not on my own desires, but to be focused on him. Because even though that the things that I started to think about that make me comfortable are not sinful things, like at all, I'm 
asking for AC and heat and, you know, warm blanket and nice bed. I mean, not sinful things at all. They are only sowing to my flesh. And I have to remember that when my flesh is comfortable, my spirit is at unrest, which is why I'm here tonight, because this is not comfortable. Um, But the Holy Spirit dwells inside each of us. And the Bible gives us clear instructions to not, uh, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And it also gives us clear instructions in uh, Proverbs 4.23. says, above all. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So I began to think, his home, back to my thinking process. Um, So I started to imagine as it almost as guarding his home. If my heart, if the Holy Spirit, if I'm trying to make a comfortable place for the Holy Spirit to dwell in and positioning matters, and the Bible gives me clear instructions to guard my heart, I began to think of it as guarding his home. Focusing on Jesus and his righteousness allows us to become more aware of our actions, our words, our thoughts, and our conversations. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And you might be in here thinking, well, that's what I do. I'm a good person. I'm here on a Wednesday night. Like, I'm (laughs) doing pretty good. Um, And you're probably just like me. Like, I wake up every day, and I'm in my word, and I do my best to not sin. I do fall short. But I do my best, and I start to think, like, well, that's I'm doing good. Well, yes, that's all important, but if I was to evaluate my life and ask the Holy Spirit to show me, are the good things in my life blessings from God or are they distractions from Satan? And that's what hit me. I was like, wow, because there is so many good things that I could comfortably do and I could comfortably be here on a Wednesday night and when they asked me to speak, be like, no, no. Because comfortably, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm okay with not speaking. But um, that's, that, it's not like I'm sinning in that, but it's still, it's, a, it's pushing me further from my calling that Jesus has for my life. And um, Satan won't tempt a Christian, especially somebody that is in their word, um, with something that's outright sinful, but he will use distractions for us. And it's, it's easy for us to get distracted when our heart is in the wrong position. Um, these distractions only wedge us further from our calling to reach the people that are in our lives. And just because something isn't sinful doesn't mean it is a part, it is part of our calling from Jesus. And sometimes, I know myself included, sometimes we get so satisfied um, in our life that as long as we're not sinning, we feel like we're doing a good job. When really we're still missing the point. Um, And that part comes from our heart being in the wrong position. Our, our heart is focused on ourselves rather than Jesus because Jesus said, go out, make disciples. 
So, but when we get so focused on, but I'm not sinning and I'm living a pretty good life and I'm doing good, you know, I'm going to church and we get focused on that, but our reach is, our hand is tucked, then we're still, we're not focusing on Jesus because he specifically told us to go out and make disciples. Um, and don't get me wrong, not sinning is a huge part of the Christian life, but sometimes, especially um, a new believer that might come into church, they get so focused on not sinning and trying to do good and be good and just, okay, I'm not going to cuss, I'm not going to do this, and they get so focused on that, that whenever they do sin, they end up, Satan ends up with a stronghold and Satan uses that stronghold to just torment them. And then they begin to believe the lives, I mean, the lies of, um, well, maybe I'm just not cut out to do this. I'm just not the church going type. I'm not made for that. I just, that person's better than me. They, they, are, they can handle that. I'm just not, that's not my lifestyle. I just don't fit in. They begin to believe all those lies that Satan uses whenever that stronghold, and that all comes from the positioning of our heart is so focused on ourselves and so focused on not sinning to do right that we're not focused on Jesus. And Satan only has the control in your life that you allow him to have. And I feel like for um, a long time, the church, um, they missed it because they did want the focus to be on cleaning up and putting the sinful things that we can see outright to appear that we're pure at heart. And then on the other hand, when we try to focus and we're trying to fix our own hearts and our focus is on ourselves, we unknowingly begin to live selfishly. And this is something that I think everyone's probably heard or said. Like you see somebody doing something, you're like, oh, that person needs to go to church. That person needs to go to church. Or even you might have said about yourself, like, oh, I need to be in church, you know? And I wanna, please take this with um, like, a soft heart right now, but, um, or a strong heart right now. But, um, one of the biggest lies I feel like that we all have told ourselves or people still continue to tell themselves is that coming to Jesus, I get to be a better version of myself is I'm going to be a better mom and I'm going to be a better wife because I'm going to church and that stuff does happen, yes. But if that's why you're trying to come to Jesus, then you are missing it all completely. And the truth is that coming to Jesus and focusing on him makes us who he created us to be. He makes all things new. Now, like I said, that's all part of the process. You will end up becoming a better wife. You will end up becoming a better mother or a better father, a better husband, a better friend, whatever it may be. You will, those things are part of the process. Um, but when your focus is shifted to him, then those days that you just completely, like I said, fall short, you understand grace. You understand that He's got this. You understand that I can do hard things. 
and I can do all things through Christ. And it begins to make sense and your heart is focused on him and your, your mind is focused on him. So that brings me, um, you can keep pressing on. You know, David always preaches about process and process because if you, if we tried to make it a quick fix, then we wouldn't understand, we wouldn't understand grace first off at all. Um, this brings me to my next point. Um, and I know this is something else that please take with a strong heart. Um, that I know I've said it, and I'm sure a lot of people have said it, is that we kind of get that attitude of, well, nobody's perfect. So, I mean, you get what you get. Like, like I know I have family members that have told me, your delivery is kind of, and I'm like, well, nobody's perfect. So, I'm just telling you the truth here. Like, <laughs> and, and they're like, well, your delivery could be a little... And I want to, because my flesh is like trying to justify it, but honestly, I'm supposed to be focused on Jesus and his delivery was a bit more compassionate. So we begin to believe that lie that nobody is perfect and you get what you get attitude. And the truth is that, yes, only Jesus was perfect and he was the only person to walk this earth blameless and sinless? And will we obtain perfection here on earth? No, no. But does that mean that we shouldn't strive for it? Sorry. <laughs> um, we do live in a fallen world and naturally we are sin-natured, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for that level of perfection. Matthew 5, 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And once again, that comes from the positioning of where your heart is focused on Him and His righteousness, not your self-righteousness, but His righteousness. Um, because if we... When we get to that mindset of, and we begin to believe that lie of nobody's perfect, so you know you get what you get, and why really try for it? Then we're we're setting the bar at a substandard level of Christianity, and that's another thing I feel like the church has done is we've set this level at maybe the pastor, how the pastor lives. And so then when, if the pastor messes up, we're like, oh, mm, not doing church. Nobody's perfect. I mean, you get what you get. But if we're not setting the bar at what Jesus was, his perfection, his righteousness, then we're shooting for, we're already shooting under. Um, and our standard has always been to be conformed to Jesus Christ. So if we aren't striving for that level of perfection. And that doesn't mean that we're like beating ourselves up when we sin because we understand grace. Again, whenever your heart is, when you're seeking first the kingdom and you're in the word and you're, you're understanding that I missed this today, but he's still with me. This chair is uncomfortable up here, but it's still comfortable over there. It's, it's a comfortable chair, just in the wrong position, wrong placement. Um, 
and it's not that we need to focus um, on the nobody's perfect, that part of it, not that we focus on our physical, not those flaws, but we can't focus on our spiritual flaws and things that we know that the Holy Spirit is convicting us and excusing them. We need to focus on Jesus and adjust them. Um, and I think I am running through this, so hold on. <laughs> Y'all want to get home early? <laughs> um, okay, so then on to, this is another thing, strong heart, y'all, um, desires. And I've seen it abused, that scripture abused so much. Um, but I want to just use some scripture to point out the importance of a pure heart, the importance of a heart that is shift, uh, shifted and focused on Jesus. Um, Psalms 51, and this is right after David had committed adultery. He says, Psalms 51, verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And the thing is, is that if we can understand the importance, I mean, David understood the importance of having a pure heart and repenting of a sin, it's still valid today. That's still a pure heart is still what God is after. Um, and if you'll go to Acts 8, and I'm going to start in verse 9. Uh, yes, okay. So now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the, in the hope that he may forgive you for having such thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that nothing you have said may happen to me. Hearing that story or reading that story it's almost like, okay, Simon, he wanted the Holy Spirit because he wanted to go out and 
give it to everyone else, right? So like you hear that and you're like, well, that's not that bad. You know, he, he thought it was valuable. He saw that it was a valuable. So he was like, let me, let me buy it. And you would hear that and you would think, but the thing is, is that his heart, his desires of his heart was on, he was still on the old life of the sorcery and the things that he had done before. And you can't, you can't bring your old life in and you can't to your new life. And your desires have to match with God's will. Um, in (laughs) In such a sinful world we live in, it's easy to get caught up in focusing on not sinning, that we end up trying to, go, to do good things for God rather than with God. It's easy to let our hearts be in a, comfor- a comfortable position of turn to ourselves rather than turn to him. We begin treating the Bible as our personal self-help book rather than the good news. And our desires can be easily manipulated in self-motivation. In Psalms 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've seen so many times that that verse used, and I've seen it um, so many times that verse abused, <laughs> because they say, well, God wants me to have the desires of my heart. And that's true. He does. But the positioning of your heart reveals what desires God wants you to have. The first part of that scripture, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. So Simon wasn't taking delight in the Lord. He wasn't, he wasn't taking actual true delight in the Holy Spirit. He was taking delight in, wow, look what I can do. His desires were still shifted and still focused on himself. So the positioning of our hearts, I ask tonight that you, and this is not meant to like a super make me feel bad type of sermon at all. But over the fast, I I had to really think some things through because like I said, it's easy to think all these good things that are going on in my life are blessings from God. It's easy to think that and not to think that these good things might be a distraction. These good things might be pulling me further away from my calling that Jesus has on my life. So tonight I ask, where is your heart? Is it positioned to yourselves? Or is it positioned on him? Are you willing to put your desires to death and let him be in full control? Trusting that his plan is the best for you? Are you willing to put all desires to death and let him be the one that resurrects the ones that need to be there? The desires that he put there are the ones that will lead us further 
with Him and further in your purpose and your calling in life. They will lead you further so that the distractions are not easily wedged. And Romans 10, I don't know if I gave you all this one. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> Romans 10, 10, it says, for it is your, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Desires matter because that's what Satan uses. Because you can't be tempted with something that wasn't a desire first. You can't be tempted with something that you don't want. And this evening, I just ask that on your way home, even now, whenever, that you would just ask the Holy Spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I need to make sure that my heart is positioned first and foremost on you, first and foremost on you and your kingdom. Lord, I know that your plans for me are good. Lord, I know that your plans for me that you're gonna add the things that need to be. You're gonna resurrect the desires that need to be there. And I just ask that you spend that time with God, that you spend that time learning to trust Him and learning that your focus and your heart shifted towards Him is really our beginning and our ending. And that's literally how we make it through life. Seek first his kingdom. So, Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight, Father God, and thank you for this, the word, Father. We thank you for the, your heart towards us. We thank you for your plans towards us. Father God, we just ask that um, everyone receive this word, Father God, and that um, the ones that are still kind of wrestling with it through that, Lord, that your spirit resides, that, Lord, your spirit makes it clear. Father God, I just thank you, and we just ask for safe travels for everyone, and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.